Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, all right, all right. Here we are. Episode 11. 11, 11, 11, 11. <laughs> Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with my boys, Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. We're just here to talk a little NBA hoops. But before we do that, we want to remind you guys to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown. Give us any feedback you possibly can. Communicate with us. Share your thoughts on what we're posting. Uh, we love all the interaction. And then make sure you subscribe and listen to our pod. Subscribe and then listen. And then give us a five-star review in that order, please. And thank you. We love every one of those. So again, here we are, episode 11. We kind of have a new format for our show, and we're going to follow it. Um, We're looking forward to you guys getting a chance to listen to a little bit more organized uh, way to talk about the NBA. And we're excited to talk about the NBA tonight. And the first first section of this show is around the NBA. We're going to talk just about – the news of the NBA and um, all the things we've been noticing trends and, and some other things we got on our mind. Um, Here's where we're going to start tonight, guys. Um, We are going to just kind of briefly talk about the current updated standings um, across the NBA and both conferences Um, in the East, the 76ers still sit um, only a half game ahead of the Nets at 20 and 11 Brooklyn in the second seat at 20 and 12 Milwaukee at 18 and 13 the Pacers at 15 and 14 fourth in the East Um, Raptors 16 and 15 Celtics 15 and 15 Knicks in the seventh spot and the Hornets in the eighth spot. We're going to talk about the Hornets a little bit later um, as just another team that we just keep finding ourselves talking about in every episode in some capacity or the other. Um, but a team that, as I said, last episode, you would not want to see in the playoffs. Um, so let's just start with the, uh, the Eastern conference here, guys, and then we'll move to the Western conference. Um, we hit on a couple things last week, but wow, what a, what a mess of a conference right now from the four seed down to the eighth, ninth, tenth seed, where basically everything's in play. Um, even the Magic at the twelfth seed right now are are 
clearly in play still at 13 and 18. So you got 12 teams vying for what would be 10 spots to make the NBA playoffs to start uh, with the play in game. So let's uh, let's talk about what that looks like so far to you guys. Well, I think there's a, there's some surprises here. You know, we've talked about last week and obviously with no practice, none of that, none of those things going on to where this is kind of the games are practice, right? So it's, it's not surprising seeing the standings lower, you know, as far as the, the teams after three don't have besides, you know, Tatum on the Celtics, there's not really a lot of star power in those, those last remaining teams, right? There's not nothing crazy. There's no, not the Katie's, the, the, you know, James Harden's the Giannis. There's none of those players on the, in the teams after really three. So it kind of makes sense. I, I, it's hard for me proud as a Pacers fan, see him at the fourth place at 15 and 14, but have a seven and nine home record. That's not usually what the Pacers do at home. And that's kind of surprising. It's usually the opposite where we actually have a better away record this year. I think these teams are tired. I think an all-star break is going to be really, really good for some of these teams and needed for some of these teams. You know, I'll say the Pacers, they had these postponed games with the Spurs testing positive. They were supposed to play them tonight uh, they're supposed to play the Rockets on Saturday, but couldn't because of what's going on down in Texas and love down to the people down in Texas. Um, it, they needed it. So I'm okay. They actually got into practice for the last week. So I'm hoping to see, hopefully that'll do some things for them. But I, I love seeing Charlotte at eight. I think it gives me the, not, that nostalgia um, because the, the Hornets were always that team that even when I was growing up, the grandma Ma and the Muggsy Bogues and the, the, you know, the, the North Carolina colors, that, that cool color Jersey and the emblem, like they're always a team that I kind of liked and, you know, would have a Jersey of because they're just fun to watch. They're, they're back to that to me. I, I think it's just a fun team to have in the East. And I really, really hope that they actually make the playoffs. Yeah, who here didn't have a Charlotte Hornets hat in that teal blue with uh, Larry Johnson? Yeah, I I had one. Um, I'm I'm looking, and I'm not told, I'm not super surprised with any of this, but I am looking at if if we look at our last ten and what's happening, um, nobody is pulling away, but Brooklyn is starting to get it together. They got a six game winning streak. Their last 10 are seven and three. It feels like they're kind of figuring it out, but everybody else is either five and five, four and six or six and four. Um, Toronto making a nice little move four in a row, but it's, it's, it's been an interesting year. And we talked about this, right? Zach, you were just saying how they're just now sort of figuring it out and, and they're getting into um, just kind of now the meat of their season and feeling what uh, it, it's like to play with each other. Um, but Brooklyn specifically, because I think last time we talked, they were in fifth and they've been on a nice little run and they look terrifying. Now, so let me, let me jump in there. I, yeah. I was waiting to talk about Brooklyn and you know, what's scary about them is that they're literally um, they, they're literally playing nonchalant defense with the idea and they're, they are playing, actual NBA basketball games with the concept of, Hey, go ahead. If you score, you score. We're not worried about it. We're going to come down and, and we're going to space you out 
and you literally have to outscore us because we'll give you some buckets here and there. We're going to switch everything. We're going to muck it up. If you get a layup, you get a layup. If you get an open three, you got to hit more than we do. And right now we're just seeing, even without Kevin Durant, they just have too much firepower right now. <laughs> and, and the move to James Harden to point guard has obviously paid off. We talked about that last episode as well, but they just have too much. I, and, and just wait till, Durant comes back into that lineup. And now you literally have to score 120 plus to even be in the game. Um, Joe Harris, absolutely. He's the highest uh, rated three-point shooter in the NBA right now, just sitting in corners, coming off doubles. You got Kyrie Irving, obviously, James Harden. You add Durant to that mix, who's a 40% three-point shooter. Oh, man. Um, I didn't know that they'd be this good, but they are playing just like you would probably envision a Steve Nash team playing, right? Well, and you were saying before that this was an expectation maybe for next year, right? Maybe for two years. And we all, I think, sold them a little bit short because they're coming together and they're coming together quickly. And Harden felt like he was the wild card in that. Was he going to be okay being a distributor giving up the ball, not going for 35 a night. Um, he's And he has turned out to be a little bit um, the opposite of his ex-teammate, Russ, right? Russ, I don't know if he knows how not to be ball dominant. And Harden, we're seeing, can be, you know, and for Kyrie to give up point guard duties. It's just been, it's been a fascinating, and obviously they played the Lakers a couple nights ago, right? And watching that game, it's a fascinating um, storyline for this season because it's a little bit how Steve Nash played, which was, okay, defense, we'll see what we can do, but I'm going to average 14 assists. This team is going to score 120, and it makes perfect sense that they're doing it, and they look great. Yeah, and Harden leading the the league in total assists at 289 right now. He's he's 20 ahead, Trey Young, uh, averaging per game as well, 11.1 assists. I mean, he is doing I, – I, I hate giving him praise, but he's doing all, all things right as he, he did take over that point guard spot. I think they're – they're making the sacrifices as far as, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie was my main concern in, I love the fact that he's like, you're the point guard, like you're it, like I'll play off ball. And I think that's the way that this was going to work. They want to make this work. They don't want it to fall apart. They want to make it work. And you can tell that. So yeah, they're, they're coming. They're, they are going to be the team in the East probably to be them and 76ers. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah. That's going to be a heck of the Eastern conference finals. And I'm going to tell you, I got Brooklyn winning in about five right now. So, um, what it looks like, I don't think I don't think Philadelphia can keep up with that. Um, let's let's switch gears to the West, um, the ever interesting West, which is actually a really good conference right now, um, and will be even better, I think, at the end of the year in the final standings. Uh, Utah remains up top at 24 and six. The Lakers coming in second at 22 and nine. Clippers a half game behind them at 22 and 10. The Suns at 19 and 10. Blazers, Spurs, Nuggets, Warriors, Grizzlies, Mavs. And then you can throw the Pelicans in there and the Kings and the Thunder even. Um, And the Rockets sit just 
three games behind – I'm sorry, they sit two games behind what could be a playoff um, play-in game for them. So 14 teams in the West, um, your top four or five are are quite a bit ahead of, of the bottom, but um, a very balanced-out conference and – you know, I, I think this is going to get really dicey. Um, I thought the Lakers would be probably at sitting at about 26 and five or so right now. Um, but with injuries come, you know, hard nights and they haven't been able to shoot the ball. Uh, Lakers will probably slip in the standings in the coming weeks because he's out so long. Um, and so you got to hope as a Lakers fan, which I am and, and Mike is, we, we got to hope that, that home court really isn't something in the playoffs because I don't know if they'll have home court advantage all the way through. Um, but they are the best road team in the NBA, so that helps. The Jazz are just dominating, and we're gonna we'll talk about them soon in more detail. But the Jazz are just dominating. Um, lost to um, the Clippers the other night, correct? Isn't that their last loss? The Jazz, I think Utah's last loss it. to the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and you have Brooklyn coming through and going right through the Pacific uh, division out there in the Western Conference and sweeping all five teams. So tell me what you guys see. Wow, this is a stacked Western Conference. Uh, this is going to be a heck of a playoff run for for all those who are who are in it. Well, there's about, you know, if we look at, you were saying the top 12, but I go to the top 10, you know, Pelicans are – are hanging on 11 games back of Utah in the overall West. But if you look at the top 10, there are most of those teams we expected to be in Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, Mavs, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, that was six. So we expected that, but there are a couple of pretty surprising developments happening. One, Utah, you know, we were talking on the other end in the East that everybody's at right around 500 in their last 10. Utah's got nine and one, and they just had that loss, right? Lakers are seven and three, but they lost their last two. Portland's at eight and two. Phoenix, they're in the four spot in the West right now. They're eight and two in their last 10. And so that's one of the surprising teams for me. The top three, the order surprises me, but the teams don't necessarily. Utah, Lakers, Clippers and even Blazers in the five spot. But Phoenix getting in in the four. San Antonio, Zach, your guy is up at six. And then you've got three teams that we really – well, two teams we felt really good about, Denver and Dallas. And Denver's two games over 500. Dallas is two games under 500. And both of those are surprising to me. Now, again, the West is kind of each your own right now. It is a terrifying conference. But Golden State holding on to that eight spot, we were wondering what that would look like and if they could get it pulled together and if Steph could really put them on their shoulders. And Memphis sitting right at 500, which uh, I don't even know that they were in the conversation for me. So I, it, it, a lot of it is playing to form. But the, a couple of those surprises, Utah being in one and Dallas really being at 10. 
those two, when I look at that, it's just, it, that's, those are the surprises to me. Yeah, I th- I'll start at the bottom. I'll go back to Utah here in a second. I know, Tink, you mentioned the Rockets as a, you know, holding on three games out of the playoff. I think they're about to blow that team completely up as Cousins is gone. Now P.J. Tucker's might be on the move. Oladipo's hurt and will probably maybe get moved again before the trade deadline. I think we're, we're about to see a complete blow up of Houston. Um, so they might be out of, out of it for a couple of years, depending on what they get back. I want Dallas to be better. They're, they're a team that I love watching. I uh, love Luca. I love Rick Carlisle. He's forever a pacer. Go ahead, Mike. Well, can we sit on Houston for a minute? What you got and, for me? And how amazing it is that they picked up rest and they had Harden and they basically found a coach in D'Antonio who would build that system specifically for how Harden wanted to play. And they got so close. And that is that is the power of one player. They built that team for James Harden. And you just said a month after they trade Harden, that team's going to just blow up. I mean, it's amazing how, how, what a teeter totter some of these teams are on. Yeah. I mean, the style and they have some pieces, you know, Wood's going to be a great player. He's been hurt. They, they have some pieces there. I, again, I don't see Oladipo being one that he's going to want to stay there forever. I know Miami is the team that he wants to get to. I, I know that's a, that's a big one, yeah. but they have some young talent there. They can get surrounded. I could see them trying to scrounge back up to the, that six to eight spot in the next year or two. Um, but they, they have some to, they have some movement to make and some uh, a different style, different scheme probably that'll be inserted here the next year. Um, like these other teams that are here, Pelicans again. I know that was kind of our team to look out for. Thirteen and seventeen surprises me. I feel like they're always in close games. I, I don't feel like they're getting blown out anymore. I, I just don't think that they're finishing, but they're also a very young team which kind of makes sense. Um, I'm impressed by Zion the last couple of weeks. I know that he's been one that we've like, I need to see you do better. He's been, I think he's been playing pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um, going back up top, Utah. I love watching him play the ball movement. And that offense is really fun to watch them swinging around that three point line. Um, and then with Gobert, gangly Gobert in the center, um, I think they're, they're a fun team to watch. It doesn't surprise me that they're near the top. I don't know that they're going to hold on to that one position with the Clippers and the Lakers kind of right there. I don't see that that's going to happen to the end of the season. Um, I can see them finishing at two or three. But, you know, they'll be, they, they, they've done enough to probably be up there towards the end for the playoffs. But in this middle of the pack, this four through seven, Boy, is the Western Conference playoffs going to be just like must-see TV. Like, I cannot wait to lock in and watch this uh, these playoffs. It's going to be fun to watch. So we have the Eastern and Western Conference really still up for grabs um, in both conferences. Um, things are going to start shaking out soon, and we are going to take a quick break. So hang tight with us, and we will be right back. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. 
Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome back uh, to X's and O's NBA Breakdown episode 11. Um, we're going to continue the show. Um, and these next few minutes, we're all going to just kind of talk about who we have so far um, as the team of the year, the coach of the year, and the rookie of the year so far. Uh, we have done kind of little separate snippets here and there for each one of these things. Um, but with the All-Star break coming up, we we kind of maybe all have different ideas of of teams we want to highlight and talk about. Um, so I'm going to, um, I'm going to let Mike start. Mike, give me your first, let's start with team of the year so far um, before we get into our, would you rather portion of the episode? I'm going to say Brooklyn and I'm not even going to say necessarily because of just their play on the floor, but the fact that over the last two years they have brought in uh, a team that is going to contend for a title this year and probably for the next three and they're figuring it out. I know we're going to do coach here in a little bit, but Steve Nash is figuring out a way. I mean, he's a player's coach, obviously, and he's figuring out a way to get that done. But for me, overall, when it comes to how they've done their roster management, how they have figured this out in season, and now it's showing up on the uh, on the court. I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets. What you got, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to argue against any of those points. Um, Brooklyn, yeah, three of three top ten players in the league. Are we going to put Kyrie in the top ten? No. Yeah. Top fifteen. Yes. Sure. Either way. And I don't know who the other people would be, but it just off the top yeah. of my head, he sounds top 15. Okay. I'm cool with that. Um, they're they're going to outscore, like you said, defense where we were very worried about that four episodes ago or whatever that was ago. Um, you're right, Tink. I think that's that's their plan. Um, it doesn't matter. Sure. Score on me. <laughs> score on me. And uh, – we're going to still outscore you. We, they have better, better play with those three and with Harden taking care of, taking over that point guard position. I, I have to choose Brooklyn. I just have to like they're, they're Eastern conference winners as of right now in my eyes, as Tink said, I, I don't see anyone beating them in a seven game series in the East, especially with what we see the standings looking like They're They're the team to beat. All right. And for me, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the Utah Jazz so far this year. Um, I know they have the best record in the NBA, but beyond that, they have one of the best um, depth-wise rosters uh, in the league for sure. Uh, they are going to be uh, one of the t- one of the tougher outs for anybody in the West. Um, 
I was reading something today here. So here's how they do this. And this is actually um, what makes them so unique is that they got the um, kind of default pl- defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert when he's, and that's for the foreseeable future, especially this year with AD being out again. Um, Rudy Gobert will win defensive player of the year. Um, and you, then you have four guys that start, um, four other guys that have, um, three of those four have at least a 6'10 wingspan. So what they do is they switch everything, um, and they let Mike Conley front in the post and they have heavy help. They play a traditional style of defense under Quinn Snyder, who's doing an incredible job. And then when they sub in, they bring in Royce O'Neal and they bring in Jordan Clarkson. And Royce O'Neal also has a 6'10 wingspan. And Jordan Clarkson is averaging 18 points a game off the bench. And so you have this these seven, eight, nine guys that um defensively can switch almost everything on the floor. Um, they cover almost every gap because there's so many wingspans. Even Donovan Mitchell has a 6'10 wingspan, which it, it, it he's freaky. He's kind of built like D Wade. Um, and I've been standing next to D Wade in person and, and he's, I'm sure it seems similar. I was like three inches taller than him, but his arms were like below his kneecaps. It was incredible. I, the, the wingspan on these guys is crazy. Um, that was a nice name drop, by the way. Yeah. I've, I've been, I, I, and nice height reference. Yeah. Yep. It's true. <laughs> so, um, so defensively, they are um, they are able to put the clamps. I watched them play actually the Heat um, a few weeks back, and and they're also shooting as a team forty percent from three, and they're going to make and attempt the most threes. They're on pace to make and attempt the most threes, um, as well as Donovan Mitchell slashing Rudy Gobert around the rim. Boy, they have a lot to offer, um, and there's a reason why they're the best team right now, record wise in the NBA, and. They may not finish in that spot, but they sure as heck uh, have uh, developed some traits after blowing a 3-1 playoff series lead, which we talked about. Mm. Where would they be this year? Are they going to fall and are they done after that collapse? Or are they going to use that as motivation and use that as a learning experience for a younger-ish team um, to come back up and have a heck of a run this year? And that's what they're doing. And that's a testament to Quinn Snyder and his staff because that takes guts. That takes um, a lot of effort and a lot of prep in order to get a team to rebound from blowing a 3-1 playoff series and get them to come back and be better, way better than they were last year in the top seed in the NBA in a very competitive Western Conference, which we talked about earlier. So the Utah Jazz have a lot of things going for them. Um, we will do a breakdown someday of them with video to be able to show some of this stuff and what they're able to do defensively when they, when they want to put the clamps on. And that's what separates them really from everybody else right now. Um, so with that being said, I've mentioned Quinn Snyder. Um, he is not my coach of the year so far, though. And I'm going to let you guys take that portion over. So, so far this year, Zach, who is your coach of the year? Give it to me now. I was actually going to say Quinn Snyder. So I'm very intrigued by what you're going to say, Tink. Um, I, I love, I've always liked Quinn Snyder. I think he's a coach that I've always kind of been on board with um, as the jazz hasn't always, always been a team that I really, really follow, but I just like Quinn. Uh, and I, I'm always, uh, 
I'm always for a players type coach and the players really, really seem to buy in to what he says. Love his passion on the floor. Um, I, I just really, really like Quinn. I, I love that they have for regular season for a regular season award. I can see him winning it. You know, I, I really, I don't really know who else would kind of steal that as of I hope right he does. now. I hope he yeah. does. He deserves yeah. it. Very yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just like their I like their style. They're that team that I like really watching when I'm like, I want to watch them just good old basketball. That's you that's Utah right now. Um but yeah, I'm gonna go Quinn. Mike, what what do you think? I'm gonna go Oppo to what I want, and I'm gonna say Ty Lu. He stepped into a steaming cauldron. You guys didn't think I was going to say cauldron, did you? <laughs> a steaming cauldron. How dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and he has held that team together. Now they have talent, right? They've got two top 10 players. Um, but he has done a phenomenal job of keeping them together. You haven't heard much about him. You haven't heard a whole lot of discontent. You know, Doc walks out the door and says, well, he was on the bench last year, but something's different there. And he has kept them, you know, they're 22 and 10. They're third in the West in a very tough West. And yes, they have talent, but I think he's done a phenomenal job specifically from what could have happened this year with all of the malaise and discontent and issues that they had uh, last year during the season. And really last year to end the season, because they have they had the opportunity to just implode. So it's Ty Lue for me. So I'm gonna um I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of what you were talking about. And I'm actually gonna go uh Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. Similar guys, your three core guys are back, but you bring in a totally revamped uh roster, you bring in a totally revamped coaching staff in a city that's desperate to win with a star who's tough to win with, with stars uh, that are tough to win with, and um, and lacked a major maturity to ever think that they could get to an NBA Finals and get through an Eastern Conference playoff run uh, with the guys they had in place and the coaching staff they had in place. Um, and all of a sudden, Doc Rivers has come into this situation and completely flipped the script. Um really focused on Joel Embiid. And as much as I dislike him, um, he is definitely a contender for MVP this year. Not dislike him. I dislike his antics. Um, he is an MVP uh, front runner this year, along with LeBron James. Those two are kind of head and shoulders above everybody else right now in that conversation. And that's a testament to Doc Rivers um, using the strengths of his players, which he always does so well. But he's really adjusted a little bit, kind of gone back to his Celtics days with the sets they're running and the things they're doing. And defensively, they're, they're tough. They have really good defenders on the perimeter. And that, you know, as we talked about last week, you got Tobias Harris stepping up and, and making more shots than maybe he, he has been before. So Doc Rivers, um, he's somebody I would have said two years ago, as Mike, you know, that I just, not a fan of, but I wasn't a fan because he was on the Clippers and I, my disdain for the Clippers is well beyond anything. Uh, it's, 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 it's more than reasonable. Yes. It's, it's well beyond anything of reason. It's a little cool. unreasonable. And I stand proudly with you. 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> but since he's gone, you can just see he is a great coach. Um, yes, his playoff record and the losses, uh, the three one losses, you know, have haunted him. But he's a great coach. So Doc Rivers has my vote. And now we're going to just quickly switch, and this is going to be a really short segment. Um, so in my Charles Bork, my Charles Barkley voice, I'm going to go into who is our rookie of the year. On the count of three, we are all going to say it. One, two, three. Lamelo. Lamelo. Oh, dude! I was doing a little bit of research real quick. We're, we're obviously all going to take the same person. So I'm I'm going to rookie stats, right? And I am uh, doing it by points. Lamelo. 14.4. Total rebounds, LaMelo. Tied with James Wiseman at 6.1 rebounds a game. Assists, LaMelo at 6.1. So he's averaging 14, 6, and 6 in 28 minutes a game over the course of 29 games, many of which he wasn't starting. So this kid's for real. Zach, you looked really confused when I said that. I just want to clarify. Charles Barkley used to do Ginobili. So I decided to do LaMelo. And it didn't work out great. But here In we my Charles Barkley yeah. voice, that was terrible. And y'all just a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah, LaMelo LaMelo's the guy. Um, I, and I don't know if honestly – think there's really anybody that's going to take that i don't know if there's anyone can really sneak that in just because they they're going to vote for that exciting factor right it's not just what they're doing but like there people are tuning in to watch the hornets because lamello is doing what he's doing he's getting the starting job because people are lobbying for him to get the starting job and he's affecting the team like they want him to be there um I can't see anyone taking that right now. Unless it's like the dunk of the year by a rookie. Can we talk just briefly about that Anthony Edwards dunk? Anthony Edwards dunk. I don't know who he dunked on because <laughs> no longer. Because he disappeared and then he landed on him. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the I, thing. I, I'm going to be honest. I think he got fired the same night. <laughs> Here's the thing. He went to the locking, locker room. Didn't say anything to anybody, packed his bag, and no one's seen him since. That is, is that, what has happened. You remember <laughs> last week? Raptors are you, sending out SOSs for my guy. Zach, you remember last week when you said you'd rather miss a layup than get dunked on? As soon as I saw the highlight, I said, I'm going to blow a layup. That's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly right. I, I'm just, yeah. There is a missing person report out for that guy right now. Yeah. Yeah, he he and his soul. And, and in, all, in all seriousness, though, that was uh, I don't know other than maybe the Vince Car. That was as good of an in-game dunk as I've ever seen. That is that was he rode the elevator, stopped, and then whoop, went up two more floors and just obliterated yeah. the rim. And, the, and if you are listening to this and haven't seen it, pause us right now and just go look it up. Go look it up. Anthony Edwards, dunk on Toronto Raptors team. On the MIA. <laughs> yeah, on the MIA. <laughs> what I think my favorite part about that replay was seeing a rookie so excited about what he's done, watch, looking up and watching and smiling and like, look at what I just did. It was that like, cool moment as a rookie, like, 
I got to have this my first year and it's something. It was something. Yeah, he I I, I kind of thought he came off as really cocky and arrogant early in his rookie season, but I've just I've kind of grown to like it. He's out there, he's smiling, he's having fun. And that's kind of what I was gonna say about LaMelo, uh going back to why I, I I know he's going to be rookie of the year is that he's just a hooper, man. I mean, there are some guys that just have that. And there are some guys that don't, that have to work really hard to be good. He's somebody that does not have to work hard at all. The game is so natural. It's so easy. Everything just, it's like organically flowing out there in the court. It's just, it's simple. Everything is simple for him. He doesn't have to try to get eight rebounds. He doesn't have to try to get eight assists. He doesn't have to really try to get 14 points. It just happens because he's just he's just a hooper. He's got the it factor, and let me tell you, as a high school coach, we like guys with that are just hoopers that just show up and can that can just give you twenty and five, no problem. Especially at the high school level, Lamelo's doing that at the NBA level, and I'm sure the coaches and players around him love every bit of that as well. Um, so we're going to go in the last section. Mike, I'm going to let you take over. We're going to go into a little would you rather this week, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Because uh, it's team-based. And so, Mike, take it away from here so we can start the Would You Rather. All right, gentlemen. I'm going to go like we did last week in the order I see on the screen. So we're going to go Zach, and we're going to go Mark. So what team would you rather be? Either what team, and you can take it however you want. What team would you rather be, or what position would you rather be in as this team right now? All right. So our first one is, would you rather be Brooklyn or Philly? Go. Ooh, that's gonna tough. Go, Good luck, buddy. That's tough. Yeah, I'm going to go Brooklyn. Um, I think the one thing that we said a few weeks ago was when we were like, ah, we'll see what they'll do this year. They're still going to go get some assets after this year, right? They'll, they'll go sign some, some big guys to help on the defensive side. What's scary is that they're going to fill some gaps and almost maybe be better on both sides of the floor, at least on the defensive end. So I'm going to go Brooklyn. Um, Philly's tough, but I'm going to go Brooklyn on this one. All right. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Philly. And the reason I'm going to go Philly is because, defensively moving forward, especially when we get to the playoffs, they are built defensively for a playoff run. Uh, they have a center that the new, that the Brooklyn has no answer for in an Eastern Conference final. They have a guard that can match up with KD. He can match up with Harden. He can even take uh, Kyrie and Ben Simmons. They have a veteran in Danny Green. They have Tobias Harris, who they can throw on Joe Harris and chase around. They match up really well with Brooklyn. They're better defensively and offensively. They'll be able to score inside. They'll be able to slow down the pace. So I'm going to take Philly in the Eastern Conference over your Brooklyn Nets. Would you rather be the Lakers or the Clippers? Go. I'm going to solely say the Lakers because I still don't like the Clippers and I don't like Paul George. It's <laughs> a good answer. Mark. Okay. So – I'd rather be the Lakers, but there's a little twist here, okay? The twist is that the Clippers are better than I thought they'd be. And the Clippers are in a really good position for the playoffs as well, um, simply because they're more healthy right now than the Lakers. Paul George is back. Kawhi Leonard's there. Um, everybody's really healthy. They have a deep team. They have a good coach. 
um, if AD doesn't come back or if he's struggling in the playoffs because of his injury, you know, the Clippers are in a better position. Um, I still think the Lakers could run that series to six or seven and probably still win without AD because they're very deep as well. But the perimeter shooting of the Clippers is, I mean, Paul George is having a heck of a season on the perimeter. You know what Kawhi Leonard is going to do. So this is tough. Um, And right now I'm going to probably say if I were a Clippers fan, I'd probably a little bit more comfortable because as a Lakers fan right now, I'm a little nervous. I am. I mean, I I don't know how it's all going to shake out. AD's got to be healthy and dominant again. And I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Would you rather, these last two are great. I'm excited to hear. Would you rather be Boston or Charlotte? Go. This one's actually really tough for me. <laughs> um, man, Boston or Charlotte? I'm a, I am a Tatum fan. And I'm a Brad Stevens fan, as we've said multiple times on this podcast. Preach. Comma, but I'm going to go with Charlotte. Charlotte with what they've got there and and what LaMelo's doing. And again, let's not forget that Gordon Hayward's actually having a very much of a revival kind of career season after his injury two and a half years ago, whatever that is now. I love seeing him play well, as I've said. Lamelo with their shooters that they got. I, I think I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Charlotte. I have to. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that one, Zach. I'm going Charlotte as well. The excitement of that team, the energy they play with, um, the athletes they have on the floor. Um, I like Charlotte a lot. Uh, Scary Terry out there doing some things that he used to be doing in Boston, and he's taken taking over that Charlotte scoring role along with Gordon Hayward, who was also in Boston. So here's the thing about Boston that's really unfortunate for them right now in a lot of ways is that their roster stinks. Uh, They don't – gosh, beyond Tatum and Brown, they stink. Daniel Thies, I mean, they got some guy wearing number 37 coming off the bench. I don't know who he is. That's Metal World Peace number right there. I mean, you got to be brave to wear number 37, or you better better be really good playing in the league wearing number 37. And he's not. And so that's a problem. Um, But anyway, Charlotte's my pick. And quite frankly, it seems like Terry and uh, Hayward have taken what could have been in Boston and brought it right over to Charlotte, add that with LaMelo Ball and Bridges and – Whoa, you got a team. All right. So I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite one. One, because I've been sitting here thinking, I, I, I can't find an answer. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys got. Would you rather be the Portland Trailblazers or the Phoenix Suns? Go. I really hate you for this. It's like Sophie's Choice over here. You're welcome. Um, Portland to me is the natural answer with Lillard and McCollum. I just always feel like they never have all of their pieces at the same time. That that's the one thing I feel with them. Someone's hurt. I don't know that. I don't know the last time they ever had a, just a healthy team through the season. I, I I don't even know. Phoenix, I like a lot with what they have there. I wish. Chris Paul, who obviously a show favorite of ours. I wish he was 
four years younger with this team <laughs> you know i you know i'd like to see them two three years from now but again chris is 36 just like lebron so i oh god i hate you um so i'm i'm gonna need an answer i apologize i don't know no problem go, take your time i'm gonna go portland on this one i know what their injuries i think they're i think they're the roster in general if they can get healthy that's the team that i'm gonna go with but let me summarize, gonna, let me summarize this for all of you guys listening now he really has no idea who he picked and no i his explanation you know, went phoenix and then he picked portland so. i have no idea i don't know i don't know i'm, I don't know. I'm cool with it Whatever. okay okay so mark what do you got portland phoenix okay I got a true Phoenix answer, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, The reason why Phoenix is going to beat Portland in the playoffs in the first round or second round if they play, it's going to be the first round more than likely, but if they meet in the first round, the reason why Phoenix is going to beat Portland is because of Chris Paul. And he will make one last run here. They won't get past the second round, but he will get some – he will get a lot of credit for his career for taking a young Phoenix team past the first round and into the second round of the playoffs. And if these two teams meet, Devin Booker is better than CJ McCollum and Chris Paul will match or bring Dame down a little bit due to his savvy and his, uh, you know, all his experience. And he will probably raise his game in the playoffs. And I think they have a lot of shooters there in Phoenix. And then they got eight in the middle. Um, so my answer is Phoenix. And if they meet in the playoffs, I got Phoenix winning in six book it boys. Well, I'm really glad I didn't have to do that one because I don't know that any of your answers were right, but boy, were they convincing? <laughs> yeah. Paul was probably going to win that series. Actually. Now that I think about it <laughs> Absolutely. In, six, in six book it probably in six, <laughs> but you know, I had to make sure you guys, thought that Phoenix, no. Phoenix, hey, could I, I, Phoenix could win. Phoenix could win. I've always learned that if you say it with conviction, you're right, regardless of whether or not you're right. So I think I think what that tells us is there are a lot of good teams out there, and I think these answers could be different if I would have asked, would you rather be this team in three years? Because then it's obviously Phoenix. Yeah, right? that, that makes things interesting as well. Boy. So I, I, think, I think that um, – I'll probably have to be a part of the next Would You Rather and Zach, that I hope I hope that you're kind with it. So good show, fellas. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I hope you guys keep tuning in. We got some really exciting stuff coming up in the next month. We're going to add a video component to all this stuff, and you guys will be able to see a little bit more of our breakdown as we continue our quest through the NBA season, playoffs, and finals. And we can't wait to give you the best content possible. So for all of us, Mike, Zach, and Mark, we bid you adieu. Kobe on three. One, two, three. Mama. <laughs> way to end it strong. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, 
and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.